Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Folks, do you know that today is National Tell-A-Joke Day? And in a few minutes, oh, God. with the aid of my co-host, <laughs> I am going to tell the most brilliant joke ever written, so you won't want to miss that. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern <laughs> Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, my friend? Oh, David Menzies, I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> you were late for work because you forgot to plug in your electric car, and I am running a little rough today because my cat, the beloved Margaret Scratcher, Brought a squirrel into the house last night. Wow, what a hunter. Oh, she's a tiny little cat. She's like a little runt, but she will take on a squirrel or a bird that's like as big as her. And I woke up in the middle of the night to shrieking, just shrieking. And my 16-year-old daughter is perched on the pillar of the stairs, going down the stairs like where the banister is, <laughs> like a gargoyle. She's up on top of there. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, there's the squirrel. She almost stepped on this half dead squirrel on the stairs. And it was just, it was an absolute wildlife rodeo in here for like an hour last night, <laughs> but it's gone. <laughs> so the outdoors came indoors uh, and it's uh, business yes. as usual. Cause I know you love to hunt Sheila. So um, uh, like, uh, like owner, like cat, I guess, or something like that. That's, that's incredible. Did the, the squirrel I presume died? Oh yeah, the squirrels with Jesus. Um, it was it wasn't you know hunting in this style that I appreciate. It was like a cardboard box, a broomstick, and like a cookie sheet to like <laughs> throw the box on it, hold it down with a broomstick, then slide a cookie sheet under the box and then take it outside and throw it outside. It was oh, very I... complicated, but I don't think it lit. The squirrel did not survive the night. With, with the cookie Ooh, sheet, I thought it. you were going to say its uh, ultimate destination was the oven and you were going to cook up some squirrel pie or something like that. By the way, this was, uh, I assume this was a gray squirrel because you've always lamented that you don't have black squirrels in Alberta like we do here in Ontario. No, it was red. A red color squirrel. Of squirrels are, yeah, yeah, a red squirrel. <laughs> you guys have black squirrels, which are very fascinating to me because we don't have them here. Um, I don't really think we have gray squirrels either. It's just a random red rodent that lives in my yard and keeps me up at night because I live in a log house. So I'm always worried that the squirrels are going to move into my attic. So I was happy that the cat killed one, but I was a little sad that it came into the house. Well, I'm glad it was one of those other squirrels because here, Sheila, we subscribe to the mantra, black squirrel lives matter. <laughs> By the way, that okay, wasn't my joke that I promised, but it's kind I of funny. Hope not. <laughs> Here is I the joke, and then we'll get right down to uh, you know the the ground rules and and right down to all the stories. We got a ton of them. I think this might be the best joke ever written, folks. And I need it, I need a, a partner to contribute to the joke because it is a knock knock joke. So Sheila, will you kindly start? Sure. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> you see, you don't get it. When you do a knock, knock joke, I'm supposed to. I know. To, yeah. <laughs> I think but that. I thought you had some sort of clever twist. But no, that's it. Who's twist. there? And then the camera zooms in on your stunned face. You, you don't know what to say. I'm not stunned. 
I'm annoyed. <laughs> I get that okay, look often from Lady Manzoid, but in any event, why don't you tell the folks what we're uh, trying to do here as, uh, as opposed to uh, telling jokes? What are we trying to do? <laughs> um, this is the Rebel News daily live stream. Um, we are currently streaming on YouTube. However, there may come a time where the things we say are a little bit too real for YouTube, and we might have to cut the feed there um, just to preserve the integrity of our 1.5-ish million YouTube subscribers. But the good news is we are currently streaming on the uncensored platforms of Getter and Rumble and Odyssey. And the beauty of Rumble and Odyssey are that you can support the work that we do completely willingly by leaving us one of their paid chats. On Rumble, it's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat. There's a couple different ways that you can do that. You can leave us a library cryptocurrency or actual <clears throat> money, um, fiat currency. Um, the, the cryptocurrency people are going to come for me by <laughs> saying that crypto is not actual money. Please don't take that the wrong way. But anyway, if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly, you can leave us a paid chat on either one of those platforms and our producers will send that to us and we'll do our best to read it on air. Fantastic. And Sheila, so without further ado, you know, this really grinded my gears when I heard this story. Karina Gould, uh, the minister of nothing, uh, she's uh, wringing her hands over the fact that Canadians are, um, well, some Canadians are booking travel plans, so travel tickets to a destination, which they clearly are not going to travel to. They're going to cancel it. And it's to get on the rush list to get your passport done. And she's going, oh, boo-hoo, you're gaming the system with these fake travel plans. And um, here's the thing, Sheila. Uh, much like you remember um, Omar Khadr, I mean Omar Al Jabra, uh, the transportation minister, uh, blaming uh, the flyers for the horrendous situation at passport offices and airports. Instead of blaming and lamenting and wringing your hands, why don't you just fix the system? A system you knew back in May, was broken. We're heading into September, for goodness sake. I don't see this changing uh, for several weeks, if not months, Sheila. But listen, uh, Justin Trudeau does not feel our pain as travelers. He has never had to sleep on the floor of Pearson Airport as he waits for his uber-delayed flight to come in. So instead of Karina Gould, you know, wagging her finger at Canadians doing this, and by the way, I understand, Sheila, that some travel agents, they're, they're, um, they're gaming the system too, and I'm not blaming them. They're saying, hey, pay me 50, 100 bucks. I'll just go through the motions of giving you a fake ticket so you can get on that rush passport list. Because what's the alternative? As you saw in that B-roll, I think that's from Montreal, bring a lawn chair and maybe even a tent because you're camping overnight. So, Sheila, here's the thing. Yeah, I guess it's against the rules. So's jaywalking. Uh, I don't see this as being a capital crime. What do you think of the, uh, the minister's outrage on this? I'm sick of these people blaming regular Canadians yeah. exercising their constitutional right to travel um, for their incompetence because the passport staff um, has an enormous amount of people still working from home. Isn't so, unbelievable. Service Canada, so the agency that handles passports, of their 26,000 employees, 
about 18 and a half thousand of them are still working from home. So well over 50%. What is that? Like 60, that's like two thirds. Um, and even worse still, uh, they fired another 250 employees because of uh, vaccine mandates. And instead of calling these people back to work to deal with the fact that passport office lineups are, they look like Garth Brooks concert tickets going on sale <laughs> where people are sleeping on the streets for like days and down the block. Um, instead of dealing with that, people like Gould say, you know what the real problem is? The reason people are sleeping on the streets is that we don't have enough office chairs. Let's order more office chairs, Good point. which is a thing they did. Yeah. Instead of just calling these people back to work, why are you still working from home? Get back to the office and you're, the agency is literally called Service Canada. <laughs> Maybe provide some service to Canadians. You know, you're so right, Sheila. If this, you know, uh, what I liken it to Say you're in the private sector, say it's an ice cream shop, it's a heat wave, people are lined up to get into your store. What are you going to do? I think you're going to go out there and hire extra staff. I think maybe you can even hire somebody to service the lineup by giving little free samples of ice cream. You know, thinking outside the box, doing things a little differently. But you're right, that is an egregious number. 18,500 Service Canada workers at home. How can you service anyone at home? And I also remember, Sheila, it might have been at the Montreal office, but don't quote me. Wasn't there an issue that one of their printers broke down? So it was like, oh, what can we do? Our, our printer's not working. Go down the road to Staples. Go anywhere. Get another one. Expense it. Get your money back later. Can't you see that lineup, you know, out the door? It, this idea of entitlement in the um, bureaucracy, Sheila, this idea that uh, I punch the clock from nine to five, not a minute earlier, not a minute later. And if people are suffering, i.e. The, the stakeholders who are paying my salary, that would be the tax paying Canadians. If they have to suffer, eh, uh, what me worry, as Alfred E. Newman used to say. And you know what? Uh, when I say these ministers are blaming Canadians for their own incompetence, yeah. like Gould here. Uh, interestingly enough, let's go back to the transport hobgoblin, Omar <laughs> Al-Jabra. Um, oh, he's blaming Canadians who are <laughs> wanting to travel, which is their constitutional right, by the way. He's blaming them for the problems at the airports and not the fact that the Liberals laid off a quarter of airport security screeners as part of pandemic cost savings. So they're just firing money out the door on the other side. And then they're like, you know what? Let's be fiscal conservatives at the airport and cut security screeners. Um, yeah, so, unbelievable. Yeah, <clears throat> so this is from, um, I'm just reading from Blacklocks, who's been doing incredible work on this. Yes. Um, another... They say um, a manager acknowledged, so a manager at uh, one of these security screening contractors acknowledged that 1,750 security screeners out of a total of 7,400 were laid off. Hundreds never returned. I can tell you right now we have approximately 6,800 screening agents throughout the system and 1,250 came back last year. There were about 1,750 that could have come back. Does that mean we have a shortage? 
what is the staff shortage to reach pre-pandemic levels? Um, so they're out about a thousand security screeners across the system. And instead of doing something about that, saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't have laid you off. Can we give you a signing bonus to bring you back? Like, can we get you back in the door? What is it going to take? Um, and maybe an apology, by the way. But instead of doing that, they're blaming Canadians. Sheila, what is it going to take? How about this? Get back at your post or you're fired. I remember going back to the early 80s. Yeah, but remember these are Ronald people who laid off. These were people the liberals laid off. Oh they yeah, no, no. Them. Yeah, no, uh, for the vaccination, right? Well, and just for cost-cutting measures, they fired people at the security screening contractors. They said, "Okay, well, we are only allotting this much money for this much staff, and so you're going to have to cut the rest." So those people were laid off. They went off, found other jobs. Um, they're trained security screeners doing other jobs somewhere else because the liberals said, "Okay, we need to save some money somewhere. We're going to fire a thousand people." My mistake then, I was speaking of that earlier figure you gave, Sheila, of oh, 18,500 yeah. uh, still sitting on the their office. fat ricotta yeah. cheese candy asses at home. And I just think of uh, Ronald Reagan back in the 80s. Remember he called the bluff of the air traffic controllers? You, you've you got 24 hours to get back to on your job or you're fired. And many of them said, oh, he'll never fire us. Guess what? He fired them. Why can't we have that kind of uh, backbone? We... We know for months now, Sheila, months. I don't know what kind of clock the federal government goes by in the bureaucracy that this is a hellacious problem uh, at Canadian airports. Pearson Airport, as you know, ranked the worst airport in the world by FlightAware, a U.S.-based tracking service. And by the way, folks, that includes airports based in third world countries. Pearson uh, number one worst in terms of delays, number four worst in the world in terms of cancellations. Why can't they say to these people, the time is now to get back to the job? I, we know what the problem is. So why are they still at home? This is driving me crazy, Sheila. I don't understand the lost luggage. Like my daughter's luggage is still lost. I was in, uh, you know, Pearson's bad, but I was recently traveling through the Montreal airport and it was like the stampeding of the water buffalo where oh, yeah. it was just like you. I was all excited because I thought I turned around behind me and I thought, oh, thank God I'm at the front of this line because it was just people 20 deep as far as the hallway could go. And then I rounded the corner and I realized I was at the back of and, the line. And Sheila, just five minutes before airtime, I was talking to our uh, good friend and colleague, Yankee, who came up from Florida. I ho I told him he should do a little video on this because this is appalling. Plane lands, uh, presumably on time. And guess what? We're in the plane trapped for 45 minutes. Why? Well, the lineup is so big in terms of going through customs, that to release another few hundred people would create an unsafe situation. So you just sit there for 45 minutes. So uh, even when the flight comes in on time, it's still delayed. I'm looking at something that, oh, that's one of your tweets. This is me. This is me. I oh. thought I was at the front of the line. That's, But I was at the back because once I rounded the corner, I was like, oh, dang. I'm not even, I'm at the back. <laughs> and, 
And that's Montreal Trudeau Airport, the most unfortunately yeah. named airport in the entire solar system. No, it's about right. Yeah. It's about right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, that is the legacy. And I, what I love about that, remember when those so-called improvements were made to arrive, arrive can, uh, public safety minister Marco Mendicino, a.k.a. Pinocchio with a portfolio, uh, bragged that at that airport that you just showed that video, Sheila, Wait times, thanks to the improvements of ArriveCan, have been cut by a third. <laughs> yeah, it really is National Tele-Joke Day today, isn't it, Sheila? Yeah, it's because they don't <laughs> want to see your ArriveCan. When you're like, oh, I'm just signing into my ArriveCan, they're like, okay, just get going. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're just getting shoved along. They're not even looking at it anymore. Um, we have an ad break, and then yes. um, let's go into uh, Biden's massive climate and healthcare legislation. And uh, the good news is climate change is responsible for more of your bad choices. So let's go to the <laughs> ad break and then we'll go to that. We're here for all Albertans, Canadians. We're here fighting for the freedoms of not us, but our kids, our grandkids, the future of this province, this country. We are prepared to put everything on the line. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views. I've also received reports uh, in the last hour of people uh, allied with the protesters assaulting RCMP officers. No, that was an assault between the two, two, two civilians, between a protester and a civilian. So Jason Kenney's statement was not true at the press release. They have just blocked the border here in Coots, Alberta to Sweetgrass, Montana. We don't want to put anybody's livelihood in jeopardy. That is the very last resort. But this is something I don't, well, I've certainly never seen before. Freedom and peace and loving. That's the Canadian way. It's not like CBC or any of these other mainstream news channels are making it out to be. I am not a white supremacist. We're not backing down to this. We're not backing down to this. We have, this is our only battle we have. Well, I can so, tell you, Sheila, that never gets old. Uh, it, that always makes the hairs on the back of my neck uh, stand up. It's a wonderful documentary that our Alberta team um, did. And they were, as you know, embedded for several days, not having a shower, um, eating whatever they could uh, get their hands on in absolute frigid, cold conditions. And... Um, like they said on that little um, ad, uh, Sheila, this is the footage you would never see on any mainstream media outlet, period. And this is the real deal. This is the truth. So the reason we aired that uh, promo is that tomorrow night, um, I think it's 5 o'clock Alberta time, um, 7 o'clock in, uh, in the Eastern time zone, we are having a special Zoom premiere mm. of this um 
I think you can get tickets at truckerdocumentary.com or .ca. I think both work. And uh, so that'll be hosted by me. And then um, we'll have our filmmakers, um, Key and Simone. Um, I think Sid Fizard will be on the call also. So we will introduce the guys. We'll watch the documentary together, which I can never get enough of. And then um, you'll have an opportunity to be able to ask the guys some questions um, and they will t be taking uh, questions from the audience. Fantastic. So that is tomorrow night. Fantastic. And uh, it's five stars, folks. It is a fantastic production. As Billy Redlines used to say, don't you dare miss it. Um, now, Sheila, you wanted to talk about Sleepy Joe Biden. He's signing some uh, climate and health care initiatives, I believe. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm getting awfully sick of this like new intersection of healthcare and climate change. Right. Because that's the new thing is climate change isn't just going to roast you when you go outside. Apparently, um, it's not just going to kill your tomato plants. It's literally going to kill you in all these different ways. Um, it's going to birth new diseases from the rainforest. And it's apparently it's going to give you hypertension and all kinds of things. So um, this is from the AP. Uh, Joe Biden will sign the Democrats' landmark climate change and healthcare bill on Tuesday, delivering what he has called his final piece of his pared down domestic agenda, I wish. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to come. Oh, yes. Um, the, le the legislation includes the most substantial federal investment in history to fight climate change, some $375 billion over 10 years. And for some reason... This is the climate change legislation. It would cap prescription drug costs at $2,000 out of pocket for Medicare recipients. And it would help an estimated 3 million Americans pay for health care insurance by extending subsidies provided during the coronavirus pandemic. So they're, they're just shoehorning this, like, they're pushing it through as climate change legislation. They've got all this other stuff stuffed into the bill for some reason just to get it passed for the sake of getting it passed. They say this is the final piece of his pared down domestic agenda. But let me tell you, the people pulling the strings of old Sleepy Joe and out there exploiting somebody's grandpa every day, yep. um, they're going to push through more stuff. But on the issue of climate change and health, um, I came across last week, maybe two weeks ago now, a study that claims that climate change is the reason that not only you are fat, <laughs> but that your children are fat. And so... Why, Sheila? Um, how, how is climate change, how is that making us fatter? I don't understand. Well, I actually read the study. And um, it is hours of my life I'll never get back because I had to read it <laughs> multiple times because it was so crazy. I was like, what is this crazy thing I'm looking at? So the new, it's a new study published in the journal Temperature which should hint at where we're going with this, suggests that today's children are overweight and unhealthy because our overheated earth makes it more difficult for these kids to play outside. And what? as I said in my, yeah, so uh, that's the thing. So as I said in my video, congratulations, Coke, Pepsi, Kellogg's, Nabisco, Apple, Hershey's, TikTok, PlayStation, you guys are all off the hook. Climate change is picking up the blame on this bad boy. Once again, the study alleges that kids forced to stay inside to avoid climate change, seriously, are then sucked into some sort of negative feedback loop, a vicious cycle wherein the world continues to get hotter, 
Kids then remain inside and continue to remain sedentary for long periods of time. And then the kids just keep getting fatter because of this. And all of this snowballs into kids who are not healthy enough to be resilient to more heat exposure that will surely come our way thanks to our SUVs and our plastic straws. So um, this is insane. Um, because then I, I said, okay, if hot weather makes people fatter, surely obesity rates in equatorial regions are out of control, right? It's really right. not. You got to, and, and, uh, so I went and looked and, uh, no, actually those people are doing a lot better than the Western world. And this study looks at <clears throat> climate. It, it's very like first world problems because, um, places where they don't have the standard Western diet of high carbohydrates, high refined um, foods um, and sugars shoehorned into everything um, in places where they don't eat that way. It doesn't matter what the weather is. They're doing just fine and their kids aren't fat, but they don't want to blame people's personal choices. They'd rather blame that big burning ball of gas in the sky and your SUV. It, but but Sheila, here's the thing. I mean, hotter weather, embrace that as part of the workout. Yeah, ideally we want to be in you know room temperature, but if it is plus 30, 32, whatever, uh, that requires extra effort and therefore you are getting more of a health benefit. Listen, as you know, Sheila, I'm fat. The reason why I'm not circus <laughs> fat is because I ride my bicycle, even on those days, and even Lady Menswades, oh, David, they've, there's, uh, 680 has issued a heat advisory, uh, and, and I go, I don't care. I'm getting on that 40K ride, because uh, these days are precious. You can't do this. Once November comes around in Canada, that's it for cycling season. And um, November, and, try and September yet, out here. <laughs> oh, yeah, depending on the region, Sheila. And you know, uh, this is the other thing that kills me when you, the, uh, the 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 announcers on the radio um, stay in the shade, uh, keep hydrated, like we're infants, right? Like, oh, we we couldn't yeah. figure that out on our our own. And the other thing that kills me, you see, at the Sky Dome in Toronto, it's a retractable roof stadium, and sometimes when it is hot and humid uh, to an excess. They close the roof uh, and pump the air conditioning out for the athletes playing ball. No, for the fans. And I'm saying these are people sitting on their asses drinking beer and eating hot dogs. Why do they need to to have the sun blocked out and the air conditioning uh, pumped in? I guess what I'm getting at is th there seems to be this philosophy out there, and now it's tied into climate change where we are just softening up to such a degree that, you know, I, I can't imagine if we ever had to go to a world war again, like the greatest generation did some 80 odd years ago. Um, how would we ever cope with that when we're uh, being told, don't go outside, uh, Mr. Mean Sun is uh, shining down too hard on you, play your Xbox and eat your Cheetos in the basement instead. I think this is outrageous, Sheila. I'm pretty sure the TikTok generation isn't going to defend us from World War III. Um, but I mean, also, I mean, there's this whole concept of hot yoga where they actually increase yes. the heat inside the facility where you sweat it out because apparently there's some benefit to that. I'm not sure. I don't do yoga. I'm, I just don't. I just don't see the point. But other than that, I'm 
Canadian, but also I'm Albertan. It, the general state of Albertans is we just kind of hole up all winter unless we work outside like so many of us do. But we stay inside and gain weight in the winter because there's literally nothing to do except go to the rink. Um, exactly. So it's the opposite. It's the opposite. When it's warm, we're outside, we're being active, we're enjoying the weather. And uh, it's like this person has never – the person who did this study has never been uncomfortable a moment in their life. I'd always reckoned you'd be a yoga enthusiast, uh, Sheila. You no. look very, you know, kind of yoga-y. You know, you look very fit. Um, I tried yoga. I'm I'm terribly inflexible. Uh, yeah, see, I, I, I can't do that. And the other reason I had to quit, um, and that video uh, is kind of the proof in the pudding, it's just too distracting. <laughs> you know, what can I say? <laughs> I had a friend who did yoga and she had to quit because, like, the – the heat and then the stretching, I guess people just start farting. And what? she's like, the heat and the farts. She's like, never, never again. It was so gross. And that was like, I'm not even going to dip my toe in that water. I'm just going <laughs> to stay home, lift kettlebells and go on the treadmill. I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> I, I can uh, gladly say I never experienced uh, the, that, that part of uh, the yoga tragedy. Uh, oh, I think we are due for another ad break. Got to pay the bills somehow, okay. folks. And uh, unlike the mainstream media, we don't take a direct deposit out of your wallet uh, every two weeks. So why don't we see what else we're advertising today? My mug? I know. It's pretty cool. So is this hoodie I got on, and you could have it on too if you check out our special website at rebelnewstore.com. That's where you can see Freedom Focus hoodies that we have for you, beanies, cell phone cases, you name it, all while supporting our journalism where we fight to bring you the other side of the story as opposed to, you know, being forced by the Trudeau government to fund leftist media out of your taxes. The truth is... Without you and your generosity, there is no Rebel News. So again, if you like the reports that we bring you and that we also fight for freedoms in Canada, please consider doing some shopping, picking up some swag at rebelnewsstore.com. We appreciate your support. You know, I love our merchandise, Sheila. It really pops. They're so well-designed, and uh, Drea looked spectacular in that hoodie um so there you go folks uh what are you waiting for get online and and buy some new rebel merchandise we're always updating the store and i gotta tell you Sheila, yeah. i saw you the other day um and it was either a farmer or a trucker t-shirt i can't remember which one it was oh there's there's our top seller by the way folks justin castro yeah. um <laughs> and you look fantastic in it it was a great design do you remember what do you remember what you were wearing a couple of days ago because i thought it yeah, looked let's... so good Let's scroll down. I think it is the resistance shirt. Oh, it's yeah, a resistance. big tractor. The, the, no, no, no. It's the second one. So the one with the oh. yellow tractor. Okay. So I guess a, a yellow John Deere tractor. Um, and then uh, the semi behind. So that's the resistance. So the truckers and the farmers. That was the one that I had. Because it is, uh, I guess, quintessentially my household. Lovely. So just, uh, yeah. there's so much. And uh, is that Klaus Schwab on that black shirt? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the just inflation. I love that goofy Justin eyeballs. Oh, and I haven't there's seen stuff that there one. Just says, the rebel with the which heart. Which one? The monkey? Yeah, I that one's that. cool, hey? I like yeah. that. That's fantastic. 
You know, and speaking of looking good, why don't we go to this? Because I heard about this today. No, uh, for the... no, Olivia. No, Olivia said we have to read some chats because we're making people wait too long oh. to get to their chat. So we're trying to break it up halfway through. And I think since we're 31 minutes past the hour, 29 minutes to the top of the hour, we're sort of halfway. So we'll get to the first batch of chats. So um, just out of respect to the people who give them early, like our friend Annalisa. Yes. Who... Uh, unofficial president of the David Menzies fan club. She goes, it's 20 bucks, which is very generous. Um, but having David Menzies in the bloodstream will make you do crazy things. So she says, good morning, my two faves. Uh, hopefully today I will have no interruptions at work so I can watch the show. Anyhow, Sheila, you're amazing as always. And my sweet Menzies, you are looking scrumptious. Oh boy, I love it. And what a what a generous donation. $20. Thank you so much, Annalita. And by the way, tell us a little bit about yourself in a future chat. What is this work uh that you uh don't want to be disturbed from the show? I, I'm I'm very curious about that. You know, if she works for the government, I'm perfectly happy <laughs> for her to just yeah. slack off and yep. uh and do nothing because unless you work as a security screener or at the passport office, if you're a government worker and you're working, I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I just think you're just doing something awful. So 100%. just slack off. I'd rather pay you to do nothing mostly. <laughs> um, so we've got one from Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. I was shocked and happy that the CBC chose to do an article yesterday indicating that gay men should probably engage in safer sex on account of monkeypox. And it was at the urging of gay men activists, too. Well, it's interesting to see CBC get mugged by reality. But, I mean, they it, maybe, maybe we'll focus on the demographic that's greatest or most greatly affected by this new disease. Unlike what we did with COVID, where we cracked down on all of society and then blamed the people who went around living their lives for the deaths of people's grandparents in nursing homes. You know, um, you know what? Maybe they'll focus on the right people this time. And it does skew it to that demographic, the monkey. Not pox. just skew, it's exclusive. It's yeah. pretty near exclusive. Pretty much. And yet, Sheila, you know, it's funny. Can we even say gay men? Because I was listening last week to Dr. Bogosh. He's the Peel Region medical necromancer. He's that guy that did that disgraceful ad with uh, Brampton Batman. Um, it, it, to um, entice minors uh, to get jabbed, something they pulled. Uh, never got a reason why. I don't know if it was a copyright violation or if there was so much negative feedback in terms of trying to seduce our children to get uh, vaccinated. But he, the term he kept using, Sheila, and I never heard this, was the men having sex with men community. The men having sex with men community. Now, wouldn't that be gay men? And wouldn't that be, I guess, bisexual men? But no, they're, I guess, doesn't that cover the men having sex with men community? Am I missing some group in there, Sheila? It's, it's so complicated. I think you're missing the women who may have penises community. <laughs> because that's a thing now, too. So then. I don't know. Well, then he should take the M word out, men, because that would be woman uh, having or I guess pseudo woman having sex with other pseudo woman community. Um, but I, I, I was stunned. And uh, of course, the host, Evan Solomon, wasn't challenging him on anything like this. 
But uh, I, I just want to know what the ground rules are when it comes to the no men idea. having sex with men community. Have you ever heard that term before, Sheila? No, that's a new one. <laughs> it's right up there with pregnant people. You know, and I'm like, you mean women? Why are you overcomplicating this? Or people who lactate. And I'm like, again, women? Breastfeeding mothers? Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know the rules. It's all very complicated, so I don't follow the rules. I just stick to uh, regular biology, science, and the terms we've used for yeah. thousands of years. Uh, Sheila, you, you've triggered um, thousands and thousands. Of, no, you've triggered one or two uh, people. When you said breastfeeding, as you know, it's chest feeding is the proper terminology. So please, right. please go to confession and, uh, you know, give penance for your sin. Thank you. Yeah. It'll be what, like one of those times where the priest is like, that's cool, Sheila, but I'm not sure that's a sin. <laughs> that's weird, but it's not a sin. Um, anyway, let's keep going. We've got okay. one from Alberta. Oh, sorry. Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. He says, David, I'm the king of dad jokes. Here's one for you. How do mermaids wash their fins with tide? Oh, <laughs> you like it. Put I that in your repertoire, David. I Part know you me. will. I said, I know you will. Uh, Alberta Dawn gives us three bucks. I saw a global news report that said, with no trace of irony, federal and provincial workers like working from home, <laughs> especially those workers with small children. Yeah. Thanks, Sherlock's yep. at Global News. People with small children like to be with their small children. Yep. But that's not my business. Yep. Figure it out on your own. And if you're needed on the job, go to work. Yep. Go to work. Other people are suffering because you're not in the office. Yeah. No, you're so right. Uh, Mike from Freedom Honey. This is my friend Mike. Uh, Mayor gives us five bucks. Thanks for everything you do, Rebels, from Mike and Pedro. And uh, Mike is a veteran and Pedro is uh, getting his discharge papers because he's unvaccinated. Unbelievable. So, yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah. Thank Paul, you for your service, even though the government doesn't thank you for your service because you don't want to get uh, double, triple, quadruple jabbed. That, that's that, That's despicable. And they welcomed back all the bureaucrats who were unvaccinated, yeah. right? They welcomed them all back. Um, they're fine. Um, but people who would give their lives in service of our country, not them. They're, they don't count. Uh, Paul Otto Newman gives us five bucks. I think everyone should go to drewbarnes.ca and nominate Tamara Leach for a Queen's Platinum Jubilee Medal. I cannot think of anyone more deserving of this honor, especially given the new revelations. Those new revelations are that the... Ottawa police and the Ottawa mayor, who is one of the most awful politicians in the entire country, and I'm allotting the liberals in all of that, uh, Jim Watson, uh, that a deal had been struck and papers had been signed to end the convoy protest. The liberals knew it. The mayor knew it. The police knew it. They didn't care. They moved in with the Emergencies Act anyway. And and so which makes Tamara a political prisoner. Yeah. So in other um, words, she will never get the Queen's Jubilee Award, much like uh, Don Cherry will never get the Order of Canada. Their politics are not on the right side of the Canadian elitist. And, um, you know, that is shocking information. And it makes even more of a mockery of Marco Mendicino's claim, as I call him 
Pinocchio with a portfolio that law enforcement came to the government and asked them to get the Emergencies Act uh, invoked. Um, we have yet, correct me if I'm wrong, Sheila, we have yet to find one member of any police service that uh, you know corroborates that statement by the public safety minister. What a liar. Well, and it would have been great, though, however, if these police forces had actually said something when old make em up Mendicino was out in front of the uh, TV cameras saying, oh, yeah, the police asked me for this. Oh, yeah, the police asked me for this. Yeah. All of a sudden, the police who were holding daily press conferences to correct the record, as they say, quit holding press conferences and quit correcting the record. They let Mendicino lie until they were called before a House of Commons committee and had to set the record straight. Yeah. They let that lie just hover around. So while the police certainly didn't ask for it, they didn't correct the liberals on the record until they were under oath at a committee meeting and didn't have a choice. Shocking. Yep. Anyway. By the way, we have some great photos of the team with Tamara Leach that we took uh, last week. Oh, I saw, you know, you looked, oh, Sheila, you, I've never seen you look better. <laughs> uh, you, you were absolutely oh, uh, anyway. ravishing at that event. So d do we have a photo of uh, uh, you and Tamara, Sheila, that we can show? Or Oh, we have a video of me and Tamara, I Ooh. think. I was on Ezra's feed. Anyway, oh. while they dig that up, um, there's a lot of people who are like... Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Sheila, you look nice. You should, wouldn't it be great if you put more effort into yourself all the time and and, and hid your tattoos? I'm like, look wouldn't it be that. great if I wasn't me? Yeah. It, looks, it looks like at the Academy Awards red carpet. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. Uh, you know, there you go. Sheila, you should dress like that all the time, I say. What do you think about that? You mean not be myself? No. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, no, I'm, my life is half over. I'm going to spend the rest of it just being myself. Um, okay, let's keep going. So Jerner gives us a buck. Freeland assists the Emergency Measures Act was vital because supposedly Canada's international reputation was at risk. Yeah, we got that straight, but it's because of the actions of Freeland anyway. Yeah. Um, but where is the emergency to correct this problem, which is affecting Canada's international reputation? Isn't it a big enough emergency to warrant reversing the mandates and returning staff? You would think. Mm. Like the, what's unfolding at the airports is just an international embarrassment. It's all anybody can talk about when they fly through our airports. If these uh, foreigners have the misfortune of catching a connecting flight through Canada, um, it's all they talk about. Um, let's keep going. Uh, no two T's, five bucks. Sheila did not find David's knock-knock joke amusing due to climate change. That's right. Blame it all on climate change. Overeating now that's climate funny. Change. David's not funny, climate change. Yeah. And here's what I say to not two T's. At the dinner table tonight, my friend, you're going to be telling my so-called unfunny knock-knock joke. I guarantee it. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Uh, Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. I wore my Justin Castro shirt to an agricultural fair in Eastern Ontario this weekend. It was a big hit with the rural <laughs> folks. I can imagine. And I can well, tell you I this, Sheila, Lady Menzoid wore her Justin Castro uh, shirt to a, uh, I guess it was, uh, what do you call those places where you buy sod and, and rocks for the garden, all that. Uh, the landscaping that the would be it. Landscaping. 
Thank you. Why is your wife at the landscaping supply store, by the way, and not you? But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And get a load of this. The person she was dealing with loved her shirt so much, she gave her a discount. (laughs) So, So you can wear Rebel News merchandise, folks. And let it make money for you. It'll uh, basically uh, the discount paid for Lady Menzoid shirts. How do you like that? It's a free shirt now. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, World's worst gamer gives us a buck. Menzoids is the next <laughs> pandemic. Looking forward to it. Gee, I hope that doesn't involve the men having sex with men community. <laughs> okay, let's okay. Let's go into the next story. Okay. This uh, is. Go ahead, Sheila. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I, I just. Uh, th- there's a bit of on the light side, but then again, maybe not, given that you know the my my friend uh, Lou Skeezus, uh financial guy, the Oracle of Oakville, as he's known as, he always says that the number one financial decision you will make in your life, and it's even beyond buying a house, Sheila. It is who you choose as your partner. So who you choose as your husband, wife, what have you. And I agree because the cost of divorce and when you separate things, the lawyer's fees, it is financial hardship for decades, potentially. So with that said, guess what? There's a new app, a dating app for conservatives (laughs) launching in the U.S. called The Right Stuff. And basically, if you're right of center, If you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, uh, you're welcome. If you're not, you know, this isn't the place for you. Go do your own uh, liberal uh, dating uh, app service. Sheila, I think this is a fantastic idea. I think, you know, if, you know, you and I were back in the dating uh, stratosphere again, the idea that you could go online and there's an app that's already done you know, the heavy lifting of sorting through who is politically simpatico to you. Now, I, I admit there are likely couples out there um, who are of opposing political viewpoints and get along and love each other. But I don't know, Sheila, if Lady Menzoid was a Trudeau cultist and loved Justin Trudeau and the liberals and what they're doing, I just don't have enough time left in my life to get into arguments at the dinner table over and over again. I, I would find that just so, so super stressful. What do you think about the right stuff dating app, Sheila? Yeah, I think this is kind of interesting. It was founded by Ryan McEnany. That's the sister of Donald Trump's former White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, who I think now works for Fox. Um, And I think, you know, it's sort of like the idea of Christian Mingle, where you can sort of sort out some of these long term values issues beyond the initial attraction. And if you are, you know, tired of wasting time, this is probably a good thing. You know, if if I were back in the dating world and I can't even imagine something more horrible than that. I have single friends you. who are like on their second time around and I'm like, no, 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 no. I just, I don't know. Dying alone seems like a very good option, but um, you know, it, you have to think, okay, if you are dating, if there are things that if you want to settle down with someone long-term, 
that you need to sort out right off the hop or just get them out of the way, not even worry about them because they've already been addressed. For example, conservatives more likely to be pro-life. Um, conservatives more likely to be pro-property rights, pro-small government, pro um you know pro gun rights there's uh they're more um they're likely to be against critical race theory critical gender theory so you already have an idea about what happens if we have an accidental pregnancy what happens when when that accidental pregnancy goes to kindergarten how are we going to approach schooling there's a lot of things that couples um, if you are ideologically aligned, it makes navigating that world so much easier. You know, th those are very good points, too, Sheila. I never even thought about that. But um, I, 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 again, I, I just, in one respect, uh, it kind of makes me wish I was born a little later on because none of this existed uh, back when, um, you know, I was dating or trying to get a date is a better term. And the idea <laughs> finding love in the hot tub. Oh, you know as what? It were. And I wasn't I wasn't a drinker, I wasn't a smoker and going into a club where there's drinking and, and and back then you're allowed to smoke and 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 loud pounding music. It, it was such a horrible biosphere of the bazaar and the idea that I could sit in my home office you know, and just scroll through, do the research, look at potential candidates. I, you know, I think there's no shame at all to online dating. In fact, I wish it was around uh, back in the 80s. Uh, man, it would have saved years of my life in terms of rejection. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, one of those values issues that couples should sort out before they get married, one of those is religion. And according to uh, The Atlantic... I'm some sort of open carry extremist if you see my rosary in my hand. Um, the Atlantic <laughs> has published an article on the rosary as a symbol of far-right violent extremism. You know what us Catholics are going to do for the Atlantic? We're going to pray the rosary even harder, and we're going to pray it for them. That's how extreme we are. We might even have a bake sale. Um, so, Unbelievable. Um, and our, an article published this Sunday in the Atlantic, and it seems as though they had a little bit of trouble with the headline because they they changed it multiple times, um, <laughs> suggests that the rosary has become a symbol of violent right-wing extremism in the United States. Wow. Um, the article set off a frenzy of reactions among Catholics, ranging from amusement to grave concern over what some see as anti-Catholic sentiment. Oh, it is definitely anti-Catholic sentiment. Remember when they called the um, Knights of Columbus yeah. Some sort of far right group. And then, um, oh, her name escapes me right now. Um, a Supreme Court appointee under Trump, uh, very Catholic. And she was um, like a part of a Catholic organization. And they're like, oh, look at that. She's an extremist. I'm like, no, they just um, have bake sales. Uh, that's what they do. Uh, the <clears throat> magazine later changed the article's headline from how the rosary became an extremist symbol <laughs> to how extremist gun culture is trying to co-opt the rosary. Okay, now they're worried about the rosary on my behalf. Sure, thanks, Atlantic. To, among other edits to the text, an image of bullet holes forming the shape of the rosary was replaced 
by a picture of the rosary. What on earth is wrong with these people? So, um, Sheila, these editorial changes, nonetheless, sorry, left the article's thesis that there's a connection between the rosary and extremism. Wow. Sheila, so I didn't read the article, but surely there was also a sidebar to this article, um, how the burqa became a symbol of Islamist extremism. I'm sure that was part of the, uh, the magazine article. A am I right? Uh, yeah, and it's an interesting choice in article, given the fact that Salman Rushdie this week was the yeah. uh, recipient of finally the fatwa on his head was carried out by a radical extremist where he was stabbed. And yet the benign rosary of which I have one right there and one right there, um, that's the problem. That's the problem. When you're praying for intercession uh, to the Holy Mother, that is some sort of violent extremist act. It, this is what it said in, um, in this. The rosary has acquired a militaristic meaning what? for radical traditional Catholics. <laughs> Writes Daniel Penitin. Militia culture, a fetishism of Western civilization and masculinist anxieties have become mainstays of the far right in the USA and rad trad Catholics have now taken up residence in this company. The rosary is inherently Marian. So I'm not sure how that's masculinist, but okay. Like it's like they don't even know what the rosary is or, or what you do. They just know that somebody they didn't like had one one time. And so it's obviously bad. What absolute rubbish. It, you know, it's amazing that even got published, Sheila. Imagine if they said that about the Kirpan or uh, Yamaka or yeah. whatever. That, But this is, it's Christianity. And so it gets a pass. And especially Catholics, because we are supposed to be unchanging. Um, that we're resistant to the... Uh, forces of the culture and they would just really want us to change. They yeah. really want us to be pro-choice and they really want us to be uh, pro-LGBT and they really want us to adopt critical race theory, even though the idea that people are, you know, I, I mean, the idea of racism is anti-Christian in, in and of itself. But, so they really want us to change and we're just not. So because we're just not, then we have to be bad. Unbelievable. Sheila, we got a break for our last ad break, and then I think we should wrap up our chats, and then we have to wrap up because I think yep. you and I both have capers we have to get to uh, today. We so do. Uh, without further ado, let's check out uh, another word from our sponsor. So I absolutely love having the opportunity to chat with you, to chat with our ever-growing audience but I'd actually love for you to have that opportunity as well. We actually have advertising opportunities available with rebelnews.com. We don't get handouts from the government. We trust on supporters, viewers, and advertisers like you. So instead of folks listening to me in this spot, they could actually be checking out your company, getting information about your business. For more information or to advertise with us, send an email to ads at rebelnews.com. Look at Adam Seuss on Western ad. <laughs> Boy, Adam, he looks like Clint Eastwood in that ad. What, what, that's amazing. But you know what? Just in case you think that uh, Mr. Seuss is uh, Mr. Calgary Stampede, Sheila, did I ever tell you that I rode a bull at the 1985 yes. Smoky Lake Rodeo? Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. And by the way, folks, back then, no helmet, no cage, no flak jacket, 
what you see is what you got. Of course, I did end up in the hospital, but you know, uh, all I'm just saying, if Adam's watching, is uh, if you think you're such a tough guy, mister, get on a bull and we'll see if you still got that smile on your face. And get yourself an obvious lingering brain injury. Here we are. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, let's finish up these chats. We've got five minutes left in the show. Adam Ottawa gives us a buck. Uh, the Ontario Liberal leader, Del Duca, who looks like the Geico gecko. Um, and I just say that just just because he does. Like, I don't know how you can look at him. And I'm not, that's not an insult. He just has an obvious resemblance to the Geico Gecko. He's pulling a Patrick Brown and is now running for the mayor of Vaughn. Voters of Vaughn, beware. These people, they're all, I say it over and over again, their only ideology is power. They don't care. Uh, they don't, whatever gets he, look at him. What? He looks like a lizard. Um, but they, they don't care. They just want to be in charge of stuff. And Patrick Brown, that's why once it became evident that his delusions of grandeur of being the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada were falling apart um, for a thousand different reasons, including his own crookedness, um, he quickly said, you know what? The people of Brampton still need me. Yeah. And he put on his cape and he <laughs> ran back to Brampton. Well, keep, keep that, uh, you know, uh, noted folks about uh, Patrick Brown's uh, mayoral ambitions, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Stephen Del Duca, clearly a person that it, it, it's power for the sake of power, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you want to be the premier of Ontario or the mayor of uh, a GTA uh, city. And, um, you know, it'll be fascinating to see if he learned anything from the Ontario election campaign, because Sheila is an old cliche campaigns matter. And the campaign that Stephen Del Duca mounted and Andrea Horwath, uh, the ex-leader of the NDP, who I believe <clears throat> is going to be running for mayor of Hamilton, and I think she's going to win that, um, their, their campaigns were brutal. Uh, Stephen Del Duca especially, he kept repeating and repeating, and it did not resonate. He'd have photo ops at a grocery store, and he says, you know, we're going to take off the uh, provincial sales tax from a prepared chicken. So think about that, the money you're going to save. Yeah, that's right. So when I buy that $9 well, chicken, I'm going to save, what, uh, 19 cents in sales tax. And uh, meanwhile, the rest of the buggy is over $300 in, in, in edibles. I mean, it was ludicrous. And also yeah. uh, the the $1, you know, Doug Ford four years ago campaigned on $1 beer. Uh, he was campaigning on $1 public transit fares. Oh, really? A dollar? Hey, not even if it was free, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so it'll be interesting to see if there's a little more charisma and a little more thought in his mayoralty ambitions of Vaughn, uh, as opposed to what he uh, presented in, in uh, May and June for Ontario, Sheila. All I know about Stephen Del Duca is that he's pro-rotisserie chicken, but anti-roads. <laughs> That's all I learned. I watched the debate. I watched the entire campaign. And I'm like, what has this guy got against roads? Like He's... He was just like actively campaigning against roads. And if you don't build roads, then you have traffic congestion. But I guess you can sit in traffic and just eat your cheaper rotisserie chicken. And that's the campaign. And that's Sheila, the Del Duca strategy. And it's amazing you brought that up because I heard on the clip today when uh, the, the news broke a few hours that he was running for mayor, his number one, um, I guess, platform policy 
is to reduce gridlock in Vaughn. So suddenly he's now kind of pro-roads, I guess, and with good reason. Vaughn is a bedroom community. You know, a lot of people live in Vaughn, but they work in Toronto, and they need to get to work in on time. And the morning oh, and afternoon commutes roads. are getting more and more hellacious. So he's had his come to Jesus moment when it comes to roads, I would no. say. I'm sure he has not. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to try to get more cars off the road and put everybody into public transit for a buck a ride. Uh, he's not building roads. I've never seen anybody so against roads in my entire life. Okay. He's not Good adopting point. roads. He's yep. putting everybody in public transit. You might be right, Sheila. We shall see. Carry on, Enjoy my Enjoy riding in a sweaty <laughs> bus with a bunch of people just packed in there like pigs going off to the abattoir. I'm sure that's what he's... <laughs> His campaign strategy is and just feels gross. Anyway, uh, gas station sushi 26 gives us 10 bucks. Wow, thanks. Uh, good morning, Menzoid and Gunny. Sheila, the video of you hugging Tamara Leach brought this self professed alpha male macho man to tears. You have such a big heart, and we Rebel fans are so grateful to you. Well, thanks very much. I was just so happy to see her. She looked great. She doesn't have a vindictive or uh, bitter bone in her body, she's just, just a sweet little lady. Let's just hope the hug isn't another parole violation. <laughs> oh, they'll try it. I saw on the internet and people are like, look, and she's with Sheila. It's like I'm a some kind of known gangster. I'm like, I'm a journalist. You're at an event together. And her lawyer was like two feet away from us. Um, I think like if you look at some of the pictures taken at the event with other people, her lawyer is like posing in them just to make wow. it clear. Like the lawyer's like, hey, I'm in the picture too. Um because they know that she's under such scrutiny. But yeah, there's people like on Twitter, like tro like liberal trolls, like tagging the RCMP. Like she hugged somebody. <laughs> the RCMP. Oh, they oh. Were. Are, are we going to get a call from Brenda Lucky then, Sheila? <laughs> I hope so. I, I got some things I want to say to her. <laughs> Um, gas station sushi 26 gives us another five bucks. Well, thanks. Menzoid and Gunny, do you all have military or law enforcement contacts? You talk to off the record. Yes. What do they say? Are they ashamed of the behavior of the liberals? Um, I have plenty and they are. And a lot of them resent the fact that they have been used as political tools over the last little bit. A lot of them are looking into early retirement or taking themselves off the street into less useful jobs in the community because they don't want to be weaponized by the state. That's and, not what they signed up for. And we know on the record what Justin Trudeau feels about our veterans, uh, Sheila, that uh, they are asking for too much. I think that's what he said at an Edmonton town hall uh, meeting to a veteran but back in 2016, 2017, if memory serves. I know it was on the cusp of the Justin Trudeau liberals just cutting a $10.5 million check to Omar Khadr, a terrorist. So uh, the terrorist is a Lotto Max winner in Canada and a veteran. Well, you're asking for too damn much. So is there any yep. is, is there any question why people serving this nation despise this government? Yep. Uh, Canada Fund gives us 20 bucks. Well, thank you. And says, I'm from Alberta, but I now live in Colorado. You escaped. Good for you. I love listening to you. You do a fabulous job, Sheila and David. You are so entertaining. Well, 
you know, someone's got to think so. Love how Juan is covering the U.S. Your whole team is fabulous. Well, you better stay tuned because we are adding some, uh, well, at least one new member to the American team and maybe another um, as things get rolling down there. So uh, very exciting times at Rebel News. We're just growing so fast. Um, but with the support of our viewers, hopefully we can maintain that momentum because there's just so much news to cover and there's nobody else doing the first person journalism that we are. And I want to thank uh, that viewer for that donation, $20. I think he's being purposely ironic with that nickname, Canada Fun. It's not fun in Canada anymore. Easy for you to say that when you're living in Colorado, I guess. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fun out here in Alberta, but you're in Toronto. You got John Tory and the <laughs> fake Tory. <clears throat> okay, let's keep going. Gas station sushi, another five bucks. Well, that's very generous. Um, gives us five bucks and said, Menzoid, conservative women are the most beautiful women. Exhibit A, the rebel journalists. Conservatives love their countries and take care of themselves and their families. And that's sexy. Yeah, baby, yeah. Get it under your system, David. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, you know, well, first of all, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think beauty will, would transcend um, political lines. I mean, south of the border, AOC, very attractive lady in my book, uh, speaking as Until a, she starts talking, and then you're like, why is her voice stabbing me right in my brain, <laughs> through my ear? Anyway. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it would be, uh, but, but uh, again, and, and that is the question, um, if you were attracted, you know, physically to a potential spouse, and that spouse was 180 degrees away from you on the political spectrum. Can that marriage work? You know, it'd be wonderful to, um, you know, look into that in, a, in terms of a study, Sheila, because uh, I think it would be a source of stress. That's all I'm saying. But I think uh, you can be um, a very attractive person and, uh, you're pro and still you're wearing a Cher Guevara shirt for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think there's something to be said for, it. like you said, they take care of themselves and their families. <laughs> meet, meet, make families. That's my advice. Uh, gas station sushi, another buck. Menzoid, thoughts on Ric Flair retiring? Can we get a woo from you? <laughs> Do it. You'll get more than a woo. To Ric Flair has one of the best lines ever, Sheila, and that is, He's a limousine riding, jet flying, women kissing, cigar smoking, son of a gun. Woo! <laughs> Did you watch his final match? Oh, come on. You think that's a final match? Listen, I I'm someone who I grew know. up in the late 70s with the uh, the Who farewell tour, okay? And they're still touring, <laughs> I believe, right here in 2022. So Flair will be back. They uh, He can't get that out of his bloodstream. No, that's true. I and I will say you. this, uh, the best wrestling matches I probably personally watched in Maple Leaf Gardens uh, before they turned it into a Loblaws supermarket was uh, <laughs> Rick the Nature Boy Flair and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Because I really think they really did hate each other, stick aside, and it was just wonderful stuff to see. Uh, there's that picture of Rowdy, I think it's Rowdy Roddy Piper and Ric Flair in a Jeep. Wagoneer. Oh, yeah? I almost bought a Wagoneer because of that picture. It was very touch and go last week. I was like, I found a Wagoneer on, uh, <laughs> I think it was Facebook Marketplace. I was like, this close 
And I was oh. like, we could recreate that photo in it. Anyway, let's keep <laughs> going. Um, uh, AMT60 gives us a buck. Last week I met Roman Babber and Pierre Polyev. Roman would defund provinces who keep the vax pass. Mm. Uh, I told Pierre that some hospitals won't allow transplants to unjabbed. And he said he wasn't aware. Do you believe it? I don't believe he isn't aware. Yeah. I don't believe. I absolutely think that he is aware. He just doesn't know what to say about it. So that's what you say. You say, I don't know enough to comment because he hasn't formulated an opinion. And you should definitely have opinion that not getting uh, medicine where its efficacy is questionable. Um, and I say that because the CEO of Pfizer just contracted <laughs> COVID after fortosis. Um, but, um, you know, that someone should be damned to die without an organ transplant because yeah. they didn't choose to get that. I think that's pretty reprehensible. And I think it, any normal ethical person should have a response to that. I agree. Uh, gas station sushi, a buck. Sheila, the Atlantic is right in one sense. The rosary is a spiritual weapon over the forces of darkness. Hmm. Yes, 100%. 100%. Good comeback. I got a couple in here. Yep. <laughs> uh, Lamrose Layer gives us 10 libraries and says, I recently drove across America from... Drove across... Arus? Anyways, I'm, I'm filling across. in the blanks here. From across. Uh, Coots Sweetwater to Boston and back. Holy heck. The shirt that elicited the most reaction was the Orwell called it classic. True. I like that our people are just like traversing the world in our merchandise. I think that's wonderful. Uh, Gas station sushi again gives a buck. Uh, the Atlantic is trying to smear all traditional Catholics for our pro-life, pro-family, pro-country views. The Laurentian elite in the deep state with their liberal and democratic allies are radical communists. Um, where's the lie? <laughs> where's the lie there uh db1313 gives us 20 bucks well that's great thank you uh not not religious but rather be with a room of christians and liberals <laughs> one is concerned about my immortal soul the other one with my bottomless <laughs> wallet what a great yes. line for this on national tell a joke day <laughs> yeah yeah what's the worst we're gonna do to you pray for you yeah <laughs> oh boy <laughs> look out um i think we're all cut up i think that's fantastic it. okay we're just eight minutes over and we do have to go folks um my thanks to uh super producer olivia and danny behind the boards and of course to my co-host sheila and to all of you especially those who gave uh some super chat do re me it's how we keep the lights on there'll be two other rebels here tomorrow at 12 noon eastern in the meantime folks as always stay sane We've taken on woke corporations. We've taken on ESG. Obviously, in the classroom, we've battled a lot of ideologies. But what I've said is that the state of Florida is the state, uh, is the place where woke goes to die. Uh, we are not going to let this state. This state descend into some type of woke dumpster fire. We're going to be following <laughs> common sense. We're going to be following, um, you know, facts, and that's just really, really important.